The following ShishMed podcast is a production of DrPodcasting.com. On this edition of the ShishMed podcast, so is your hospital or healthcare system on TikTok? That's right, I said it, TikTok. Are you thinking about it? Are you wondering about it? Is there something going, you know, I should check into this a little bit more. Well, we're going to talk about docs on TikTok and mastering clinical edutainment as we talk with Katie Hunter and Megan Augustiniak of Northwestern Medicine. Yeah, Northwestern Medicine. They're on TikTok. Dig it. It's pretty cool. So they're going to preview their upcoming webinar for ShishMed, which is happening in August it's all about TikTok. So if you're wondering, gosh, should I be on TikTok and what do I do? Make sure you keep listening to this podcast and make sure you sign up for that webinar. So let's talk to Megan and Katie, right? No. This is the ShishMed Podcast, rapid insights for healthcare strategy professionals in planning, business development, marketing, communications, and public relations. I'm your host, Bill Klaproth. And in this episode, we talk with Megan Augustiniak, social media manager at Northwestern Medicine, and Katie Hunter, senior creative specialist at Northwestern Medicine. Join Katie and Megan this August at ShishMed's online certificate series titled Healthcare Social Media 2022 Trends and Strategies. Just go to shishmed.org, that's S-H-S-M-D.org, slash education for more information and to register now. Katie and Megan, welcome to the ShishMed Podcast. We start every episode of the ShishMed Podcast with rapid insights. One quick tip someone can use to make their marketing communications better today. Katie, you're up first. Give us your rapid insight. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for having me on. So we're here to talk about TikTok today. So my rapid insight is about TikTok videos. When it comes to creating short form content for this platform, keeping your content short and simple is key. It can be really tempting, especially for healthcare marketers, to work in lots of information and details about every subject that we cover. But TikTok is so good at serving your content to the right audience that they will find that engaged audience who will ask those follow-up questions. And this will give you a better opportunity to engage with your audience on an ongoing basis conversationally versus trying to jam-pack a lot of information into one longer video. Absolutely. I love it. Keep it short and simple. Katie, thank you for that rapid insight. Megan, you're up next. Give us your rapid insight. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. My rapid insight can apply to any of our social media channels at Northwestern Medicine. At the end of the day, people want to see themselves in our social media content. They want to know that when they come through our hospitals, that they're going to be seen, heard, respected, that they can trust their physicians. And so we're always striving to make that content speak to our audience on TikTok and allow them to, again, see themselves in the social media material. You know, if they feel like they can ask questions, if they can feel like they themselves could be a patient here, that's really what we're always trying to do with our clinical edutainment. Thank you both for your rapid insights. We appreciate it. And we're looking forward to your upcoming webinar, Docs on TikTok, Mastering Clinical Edutainment. Yes. I love that. <laughs> Katie, let me start with you. It's so good. So Northwestern Medicine, this great healthcare system. Do you think Northwestern Medicine on TikTok? So you launched your TikTok account in April of 2021. Why did you feel that Northwestern needed to be on TikTok? 
Right. So that tone I just heard from you, Bill, that what? TikTok for Northwestern medicine? I heard a lot of that in the early days of developing our TikTok strategy for NM2. That's why we actually went around to our marketing organization with a What is TikTok deck back in 2020. So before we pitched to the organization the strategy for our platform and where we thought we might fit in this space, we did general information sharing with the organization about what the platform was, who was successful on it, and what video content was sort of starting to emerge from the platform. Then about six months later, we went back to the organization. And because they already had that familiarity with the platform from our first presentation, we were able to add a little bit more. So in the second presentation, we looked at the landscape, we looked at other healthcare systems, and we were able to identify some major players in the space in healthcare that were starting to create accounts on the platform. So now we sort of had established the buy-in in that our stakeholders knew what the platform was, and they saw competitors in the space. So the third time we came to them was in 2021, and that was finally with that strategy, that NM needs to be here message. And that was primarily driven by volume on the platform. So TikTok is, you know, the fastest social media platform to reach a billion users, got there faster than Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those guys. So the volume was a big push for us in becoming a presence on the platform, just how many users are there, and then how much time users are spending on the platform every day. So we we know that users spend an average of 52 minutes on TikTok, and that's just a huge amount of time compared to all of our other social media apps. So those were really strong reasons why we felt like Northwestern Medicine needed to participate in the conversation that was happening on TikTok. Katie, it sounds like you really had to lay the groundwork then with the leaders there before getting this going. You said it took three times. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I find with new social media platforms and emerging platforms in general, they can be really intimidating, especially in process driven organizations like Northwestern Medicine. So to get in front of our stakeholders multiple times with information about the platform and to sort of do it incrementally helped establish that sort of framework and safety and baseline knowledge so that we could all feel confident that there was an understanding of the platform and our role on the platform when we finally started our launch. Yeah, it sounds like a really important first step is to get that buy-in, as you mentioned. And Megan, then, over the past year, you've learned to efficiently create content that inspires and educates the Generation Z audience while still conforming to those tight, big, you know, Northwestern medicine brand standards. How have you done that? Yeah, that's a great question. And we really used our existing social media channel strategy as our North Star. So whenever we're developing content for any of our social media channels, we want to create something that is educational, engaging, and inspiring. But we also keep in mind that each of our social media channels, just like somebody would flip on the TV and go to any channel for different types of content, the same can be said for TikTok versus Instagram versus Facebook. You're not going to go to Lifetime to catch sports. You're not going to go to the Food Channel to catch a horror flick. So we always keep that in mind when we're developing content for our social media channels. But there's always, again, that underlying message that we want to engage, we want to inspire, and we want to educate. We are the number one health system in Illinois. We're 10 in the country, and we have a lot to share on TikTok. But what Katie did a really great job of doing is laying the groundwork for who is on TikTok. It is a much younger audience. It's a different style of video. We, as, again, that number one health system in Illinois, we're not necessarily going to be doing, you know, these super trendy dance challenges or anything of that nature. 
what's our space? What's our message? And we realized that we have physicians that can, in 30 seconds, maybe a minute, minute and a half, explain something to a younger audience that they can retain as useful knowledge as they're considering health systems in Chicago, in Illinois, near Illinois. This can be a trusted resource for them when they're considering that healthcare options. A lot of people are considering their general health care every day. How should I be sitting at my desk? How much fiber should I be eating in a day? What does a sunspot look like that could be cancerous? Those are just general everyday health tips, and we have the leading experts to speak to it. So that's what really helped to drive and coin our clinical edutainment phrase. I love that. Clinical edutainment. That's so good. And Megan, it sounds like you really need to know your audience. This is not long-form content. You know, Generation Z, millennials, all of us really have shortened attention spans. We're really Generation Z. So it sounds like you're really building this content for them and their attention spans and what they're used to consuming media. Is that right? Exactly. And, you know, when we first kicked off this TikTok, we realized it was a much younger audience that in our other social media channels, we weren't necessarily speaking to. You know, Facebook skews much older. Instagram is starting to grow older as well. What we've actually realized in this, you know, first year is that we are on TikTok in addition to that Gen Z audience starting to capture a slightly older audience. You know, the millennials, I factor myself into that. So we're now kind of pressed with, I don't want to say a challenge, but it's like, okay, we are still speaking to Gen Z. But now we're also speaking to a larger pool of audience. So we're always keeping our thumb on the pulse with who is actually coming to TikTok and specifically our TikTok. Right. And then, Megan, how do you come up with the topics and what are your ground rules for content for TikTok? Another great question. We, at this point, I give props to many of our team members. We have monthly content brainstorms. And we're planning our content two to three months in advance. We're actually going to be heading into our October content brainstorm, if you can believe that. And we really carve out an hour to an hour and a half with folks from all across the marketing department. It includes Katie and myself. So we've got creative services. We've got social media. We've got communications, our media relations, brand, service line. We're bringing all these different thinkers to the table. And within those brainstorms, we have a document in front of us that really helps to steer that conversation. So we're always keeping top of mind our hero service lines, cardiovascular, neuro. It could be our DNI efforts or community efforts, neuro being one of them again. So we kick off our brainstorms with that. What's happening in that space? What's trending in that month? What are some things that we really need to pay attention to? Again, I'll use October as the example. We know that October in the oncology space is going to be huge for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So we kick off our brainstorms with that. We've got a lot of existing content that we can leverage, but we also use this opportunity to think of new content. We then go into kind of a tier two bracket in our brainstorm, and that's going to be more of the topical and trending. For better or worse, is there a COVID-19 surge? Should we be encouraging people to get flu vaccines? Is it back to school or the holidays, changing in weather? So we're always making sure that in addition to the health topics, that we're also speaking to the everyday topics. We use this as a very free-flowing opportunity to share ideas. But as we're thinking through those ideas, so if, say, we're talking about COVID-19 and say there's, you know, a fifth rollout of the vaccine and it's the third booster, what content are we going to be either creating or repurposing? But what helps to keep us within those guardrails is our social media channel strategy. Engaging, inspiring, entertaining. What experts can we leverage within Northwestern Medicine? Can we drive back to any of our sources, whether it's the, the website or our blog or to an existing video? What makes us uniquely qualified to talk about this? And so we're always keeping that in the back of our mind as we're throwing out ideas. 
Yeah, I love how you said that, paying attention to the hero service lines and then putting that. Did you say it's a monthly planning session? Is that what you said, Megan, or is that weekly? It is. No, it's a monthly planning session. And so, again, in the month of July, we are going to be meeting next week to talk about October. So we're always planning a few months ahead when we carve out a good solid hour, hour and a half to think through what content we're going to support for that month. Absolutely. And then Katie, Megan mentioned leveraging existing content. How do you fold that into all of this? That's right. So the brainstorm is sort of this like great meeting of the minds where everybody comes together and thinks through ideas for the upcoming month, prioritized kind of how Megan laid it out. So after that brainstorm is when we go away to do the creative work. So sometimes this involves creating something brand new with our team of shooters, editors, graphic designers, and copywriters. Sometimes this means repurposing existing content that we've already created. And sometimes that means 360-ing content from one platform to another. So on the creative side at Northwestern Medicine, I said on the creative team, a priority for us is 360-ing, I put that in quotes, all of our content that we create. So if we have a big shoot for a video, we want to also take stills. We want to use that footage on our different channels in a bunch of different ways specific to the right tone and voice for that platform. We want to really be able to get the most mileage out of all of the production work that we're putting in to create our content and then be able to sort of use it on all these different platforms in the most appropriate way with the most appropriate tone and voice. So whenever we're shooting something for Facebook, we are thinking, how can we use this on Instagram or on TikTok? And specifically, a really great example of how we've done this is with our Ask Me Anything content for Instagram stories. So Ask Me Anything was a show that I pitched when I came to support the social media team from a creative perspective. And it involved bringing our physicians into an Instagram story setting to take live questions or in real time questions from our followers on Instagram. We used the open-ended question sticker to facilitate this. And that sticker is really great because it also anonymizes the responses. So we're able to respond to questions without giving out patient information in a public Instagram story. So these shoots were going great for us. We were doing this programming for about a year and a half before we came to TikTok. And when we launched our TikTok channel, we thought this would be a great opportunity to repurpose a lot of that Ask Me Anything content. So now when we shoot an Ask Me Anything Instagram story for Instagram, we're also taking all that footage from that shoot and creating three to seven extra videos for TikTok. And in that way, we're sort of creating an ecosystem where all of our content is able to be used in multiple ways, but always with that specific correct tone, depending on the social channel. Work smarter, not harder, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> that ecosystem of content, you're just watering it and it's growing. I love it. <laughs> that's right. It's our garden. <laughs> Katie, you used an interesting term when you said, I pitched a show. Do you look at your marketing efforts or your social media efforts, like it's a show, like it's a production. I've never heard anybody say, hey, I pitched a show for Instagram. That's right. Yeah. So a lot of the work that me and the creative directors and Gelfer and Ann Sedgwick at Northwestern Medicine have been doing here is creating serialized and programmatic content for our social media channels. So this involves creating programs that our viewers can return to and get used to seeing for all our social platforms. A great example is our Inside the OR program, which runs for Facebook and YouTube. This is a three to four minute surgery reality show where we really take viewers inside the operating room for a variety of different life-saving procedures that run the gamut from fixing a hip, which is a procedure that you know everybody might have at some time in their life, to these really technical and complex brain surgeries. We think about all of our content for social in sort of a couple buckets. We have our programs, our serialized content, like Inside the OR, like Ask Me Anything, that our viewers can expect to see from us on a regular basis. And viewership on that successful program 
programming really drives our baseline viewership. Then we also have one-off ideas on a monthly basis that come out of that brainstorm or maybe ideas that are a little bit bigger and should be serialized and turned into programs. And then we also have sort of just-in-time content. This is stuff that maybe we need to release a message to our followers in the next couple days. There's a trending news story that involves us, things like this. That Those are sort of our three buckets, just-in-time, serialized or programmatic content, and then the sort of like one-off monthly content. Yeah, it's interesting how you look at this. I love it. It's uh, really cool. So then back to TikTok again, how do you optimize and adjust? What do you look at and go, okay, we could have done that better or, okay, let's do this next time and I think we'll get better conversion. How do you do that? So what was really interesting was when we started on TikTok, we were posting all of our videos to both Instagram Reels and to TikTok. And what we learned pretty quickly was a high-performing video on TikTok did not translate directly to a high-performing video on Instagram Reels. The audiences on these two platforms were different, and their preferences when it came to the type of content, the length of content, and even the style of that content, they vary from app to app. And so what we try to do with TikTok is follow it really closely. I spend a lot of time on the app looking at trends that have to do with style and voice, not just trending sounds or dance moves or memes, but truly like where we're picking up on this casual post aesthetic that's taking over all of our social platforms, even Instagram, where users are, they tend to post something that looks a little bit less edited or a little bit less constructed. So I guess it all comes back to sort of speaking the right voice for that platform. And when it comes to TikTok, and I like to talk about it next to Instagram because the style is so different, TikTok really is that fast, casual, informative, short-form video, whereas Instagram, you know, it's changing slowly, but it still tends to be the more put-together, buttoned-up content that's a little bit more formal, a little bit more planned. Yeah, that's really interesting how you, you're you following the trends because it sounds like you don't want to be perceived as outdated on TikTok. You said the casual post is kind of the way things are moving, that fast casual, so you want your TikTok content to mirror that. Is that right? Yeah, that's really where the clinical edutainment piece comes in, right? So TikTok is the best social media platform in the game, in my opinion, because of the For You page. This is the homepage for TikTok. It's where users automatically wind up when they download the app. And this is a page that's specifically designed based on your preferences individually to show you videos that are right for you. When it comes to the For You page, it's one of the only user interfaces that allows for negative feedback. So on Facebook, you can like something, you can heart something. Thing. You can react with a care. You have a few reaction options. But TikTok, I can swipe away from a video and give it that negative response. So in capturing that user behavior, TikTok is able to refine the customization of their for you algorithm for each individual user a lot better than the other social platforms. So what does all this mean for healthcare providers that are creating content for TikTok? This means if you're not speaking the right language or if you don't look right, you don't have the right style for the platform, a user will swipe away really quickly. Speaking that right language becomes even more important in an environment like TikTok where that swipe away negative feedback is so quick and easy to do and that algorithm is so highly and uniquely tailored to each individual user. This is a really great insight. So thank you for sharing all of this. Let me ask you this. Should everyone consider being on TikTok? When is it right for someone to be on TikTok? You obviously know these platforms in and out. You're talking about, well, Instagram is different than TikTok in this way. It sounds like you really got to live and breathe these platforms so you really understand them. Some health systems, hospitals might not have the time for that. Who should be on TikTok as far as the, the healthcare space? 
Yeah, well, you know, like Megan was saying, we treat each of our social platforms like a TV network, right? So you wouldn't go to Lifetime to see sports. I don't think a brand should be on TikTok if they're not able to find that sort of correct tone for the platform. You have to be able to bring a little bit of humor or smile to your mm-hmm. posts on that platform, although we don't say funny, but clever, maybe. We don't really like people who don't have a sense of humor about themselves. So why would we like a brand who doesn't have a sense of humor? So it's important on TikTok to seem authentic and to seem real. And really, I think with looking at TikTok's growth over the past two or three years, looking at developments related to search on TikTok, I really think every brand should be on TikTok just because that's where the users are at this point. And we see from the user behavior, they're asking us questions, they're tagging us in videos, and we wouldn't be around to do that community management and that great customer service if we weren't on the platform. I totally agree with everything Katie said. You know, any brand, can be on any social media channel as long as they belong and act like they should be at the party. I'm putting that in air quotes. We've seen organizations outside of healthcare where it's taking content and putting it here, 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 and it's all the same. But what they fail to recognize is that the user experience and the audience and the consumption is entirely different. And, you know, what Katie and and team have really done a nice job with TikTok is, again, really making this content specifically for that channel. So, again, any health system, any hospital, any other organization, you know, it can be something a little bit more buttoned up and conservative like healthcare or even way outside the box. Everyone deserves a space to be on the social media channels and TikTok specifically, but it really requires, you know, a deep reflection and a dive into like who we're going to be on this channel and making changes to our content if we find that, okay, maybe our audience doesn't like that. We certainly don't want to get into a habit of just speaking to ourselves where we're speaking to an audience. So as long as a health system or organization thinks about that, anyone can play. Yeah, Megan, that's a great point about one post and here, 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 here. It's just it's the identical post on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and that's really not the right way to do it, is it? No, and you know, and and I'm looking to Katie as I say this, but I take a, a lot of pride in the structure of our social media team and how we really have developed content specifically for each of our social media channels. What you're going to get on Instagram is not going to be the same on Facebook, is not going to be the same on LinkedIn or TikTok, but you know it's coming from Northwestern Medicine. We take a lot of pride in that. Yeah. So as we're talking about this and we're thinking about Northwestern Medicine, when you talk about top healthcare brands in the country, and when I said Northwestern Medicine's on TikTok, why is it important to reach 17-year-olds when we think of healthcare? I'm trying to get the person that needs the colonoscopy or has got, you know, a heart attack. Why are you trying to reach 17 and 18-year-olds? Well, Bill, the thing about 17 and 18-year-olds is hopefully they're going to get older and they will (laughs) age eventually. So what we're able to do on TikTok by speaking to the Gen Z demographic is understanding their content preferences, the way they like to be talked to, the way they like to learn early on, right? We also know that 50% of Gen Z does not have a primary care physician. So that's a huge opportunity to bring them into our healthcare system, whether that's through urgent care, whether that's through a primary care, just letting them know, hey, as you're an adult seeking adult medicine for the first time in your life, we're here. And hopefully they'll begin that journey with us and stick with us as they grow their families and as they age into some of our other social channels if those are even still around when Gen Z is uh, 40. Right. Well, when you think about it, 
Facebook is for older people. And you said Instagram is starting to age a little bit. And of course, TikTok is the hot thing. Like what's next thing? Can you imagine TikTok in 10 or 15 years being, oh, that's that's where the older people are. Well, have <laughs> you heard about Be Real yet, Bill? Oh, no, I haven't. What is that? <laughs> that's the is next that one. next? Is that what's next? That's next. In my opinion, Be Real is next. That's what I'm seeing activity around. Although Clubhouse looked like it was going to take off for a while and yeah. then sort of and that fizzled. Kind of, so yeah. We'll have to see. Yeah, that kind of fizzled. So what is Be Real? Be Real is really fascinating. So I talked about the casual post trend, right? Like Gen Z is moving away from these really stylized, like aesthetic posts and more towards the like photo dump, really casual. So Be Real is an app designed to facilitate that casual <laughs> authenticity. The app randomly sends you a notification at any time during the day and you have two minutes to take a photo. It takes a photo simultaneously on your front camera and back camera at oh. the same time. <laughs> and you only have two minutes to do this. So you have to take a picture where you are. So if it pinged me right now, I'd be like, okay, well, I'm recording the podcast with Bill and Megan. And I'd take my picture and post yeah. it. You can only see other users' posts if you post on V-Real. Ooh. Yeah. So very interesting. Most of the people that I see on the platform right now are in that Gen Z category. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Gen Alpha, too. I don't know. Very young. But it's emerging and it's it's got some interesting functionality. That could be, I mean, not to derail our conversation here, but that could be really interesting for Northwestern Medicine. You know, like, Talk is, about inside the OR. I mean, right? <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be pretty cool. So, yeah, maybe we'll have another podcast, you know, this time next year, Bill. Wow. I love. Yes, please. I'm all in. All right. You heard it here first with Megan and Katie. All right. So final thoughts. This is going to be a great webinar. Docs on TikTok, mastering clinical edutainment. Final thoughts. Megan, let's start with you. Anything you want to talk about TikTok, social media, the floor is yours. Yeah. So, I mean, we now got a year and some change under our belt on TikTok. And, you know, we've really uncovered some really awesome learnings. We've identified, you know, who our audience is. How quickly can we turn around content? What are some of, you know, the obstacles that we need to overcome? What are the trends that we should be exploring? Should we continue doing this or abandon that? So we're really excited for where Northwestern Medicine is going into the next, you know, fiscal year and calendar year. Just as a kind of a sneak peek and what we'll be sharing on our webinar, too, is is, you know, some of the new content that we're going to be exploring that other health systems could also consider. We're going to be, you know, exploring some paid support. So boosting our content, really trying to feed that for you page. And really, I think what I'm most excited about is trying to tap into what we call our UGC or user generated content. Katie has done a great job of developing custom content for this account. But now that we've established ourselves on this channel, people know to find us on TikTok. And so they're sharing their experiences, whether they work here or they're a patient here or a caregiver here. They're sharing what it's like to be a phlebotomist for a day or what it's like to undergo a mammogram for the first time. So we're looking for ways to quickly repurpose that and support our really successful UGC efforts. So that's going to be an exciting thing for us heading into the new year. And we're excited to tease that out and share it with the other ShishMed folks in our webinar in August. So more to come on that. Yeah, Megan, thank you for sharing that and for uh, giving us some insight on the webinar coming up in August. I know it's going to be fantastic. Final thoughts from you, Katie. Yeah, for sure. I guess final thoughts on TikTok. I would encourage folks to think about TikTok as that top of funnel discoverability social media platform for you. And what's really important about TikTok is it's the only social platform that does not make you pay big bucks to get in front of that new audience and an audience that's like highly primed to like your content. That's really the value of TikTok. And once you can sort of convince folks on that vision, like this is our discoverability channel, this is our place to reach new audience that aren't following 
following us on any other platforms yet and explain that value of the For You page, that sort of helps folks to see the value of a TikTok presence for especially a healthcare brand. Yeah, really interesting. Okay, one more question. Sorry, as you were both, <laughs> yeah. both finishing up. I'm sorry, more questions. So obviously very excited about TikTok. Is Facebook really viable still? You know, when you were saying with TikTok, it doesn't cost you a lot of money with Facebook. If you're not paying, you're really not playing because organic reach is so low. Is Facebook still viable for you? What's your crystal ball for Facebook in the future? Katie, we'll start with you. Well, you know, like I said, I'm spending most of my time on TikTok these days, and Facebook is a part of the conversation, but more interesting is Google. So I've noticed in my user behavior and also in folks younger than me, Gen Z folks, they tend to search especially instructional or how-to content on TikTok before they search it on Google. And so I've heard this anecdotally, and I've seen a big response on social when I've brought this up and when my peers have brought this up from others that are saying, yeah, we're searching on TikTok. So I will be looking out for analytics from Google and from TikTok about search volume across both platforms to sort of see if there's a trend there too. Right. Well, Megan, you're the social media manager. What's, what do you think about that? Facebook. I'm going to put you on the spot. Facebook's an enigma or meta, should I say. Meta. I do still think there is an opportunity for Facebook. I'll speak for Northwestern Medicine. It was our first social media channel. It still today has the largest number of followers. And for many people, it can be the first touch point of the brand. Like Katie was saying, if, if someone goes to Google and they type in hospitals in Chicago or Northwestern or Northwestern Medicine, in addition to edm.org, our website popping up, Facebook might be there as well. And they'll go there and they're going to want to see a phone number, hours. They want to see positive and negative reviews. They may want to look at photos. So I think what we're really identifying this year especially is, you know, as I mentioned earlier on the podcast here, is we were taking a lot of our, what I, I'm putting in air quotes, but I know you know this terminology, but our organic content and then also putting paid support behind that content. But what I think we're realizing is the organic content can be separate from that paid content. What we have found just kind of through trial and error is when someone is interacting with their Facebook newsfeed or coming to our page, the content that they're really gravitating towards is that sort of raw content. It, it can be photo albums of our patients or our employees. It can be a little quick testimonial video. This is where we also share some of our news articles. We've got a subject matter expert speaking on a super hot topic, and they were featured on the Today Show or CNN. That's what we're really finding is kind of the secret sauce organically. And then where we really take off on paid support content, so things that might live outside of our organic feed, is the general health and wellness content that drives back to NM.org. This is our health beat blog. This is patient stories, our breakthroughs in care. We've also got a podcast series ourselves that lives on NM.org. So this is where when we put paid support behind that content, we're reaching the right audience at the right time that's going to make the right healthcare decision and come to Northwestern Medicine. But organically, I, I think we're finding there's a different way that people want to engage with that content. And we see that and we recognize that. So I definitely think there's still a space for Facebook, but we just need to approach the different content just a little bit differently. So and You know what I would add, too, is it really seems like on Facebook, we can do more on the paid ad strategy yes. side. And also on Facebook, we're able to take users off of Facebook and onto NM.org. Mm -hmm. On TikTok, we don't have clickable links within organic videos. The only way to get someone off of TikTok and onto NM.org is to put paid support behind a video or to have them click a link in our bio, which is, you mm -hmm. know, a little bit of friction. Mm -hmm. So Facebook is a great place for that content where we're driving them away from Facebook and to nm.org to mm -hmm. a preferred landing page or an article. Yeah, which is very much like a natural, 
user movement on that channel. It's not so much people really aren't inclined to leave TikTok to go somewhere else or to leave Instagram and go somewhere else. Facebook, that's a very, and LinkedIn, those are link-heavy social media channels. So Katie brings up a really great point there that that's where we can really feed longer form content and drive people back to our website. Well, there you go. Asked and answered. Thank you so much. <laughs> you two are great. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a great webinar, and we'd love to have you back on sometime. Thank you so much for your time today, Katie and Megan. Really insightful and informative and a lot of fun. Thank you both for your time today. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Bill. We really appreciate it, too. Thanks, Bill. It was a blast. And you can join Katie and Megan this August at ShishMed's online certificate series titled Healthcare Social Media 2022 Trends and Strategies. Just go to shishmed.org. That's shsmd.org slash education for more information and to register today. And if you found this podcast helpful, and again, how could you not? Please share it on all of your social channels and please hit the subscribe or follow button to get every episode. This has been a production of Dr. Podcasting. I'm Bill Klaproth. See you.